Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of the Clone Wars Rewatch here at Nerd Herder. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. I'm at Nerd Herder. I'm your Herd Mom, Megan. What? I'm at Nerd Herder. You are at Nerd Herder. Yes. We are at Nerd Herder. Yes. And we have guests, and they are here to hear about the Clone Wars, because uh, who doesn't want to hear more about the Clone Wars? Um, and today's an interesting one. Well, first of all, you've already seen one uh, Clone Wars Rewatch go up today. This is the second one to help us keep ca uh, caught up and ready uh, for celebration and all that good stuff. Yep. Um, and so, uh, but with this one, we're actually beginning something new that's going to be a regular occurrence with pretty much the rest of the arcs. And that is that now our arcs are going from three episodes to four episodes. Um, so in the last part of season four and through to season six, um, they got more into longer arcs. They kind of stretched them out a little bit, had some bigger stories to tell, um, which means they, they needed another episode. Mm -hmm. So our Clone Wars rewatch might get a little longer. Um, if so, that's why, uh, but mm. who knows, um, we're really not sure how this one's going to go because there's a lot of shooting and explosions and... I mean, other than just giving you a, a blow-by-blow blow of exactly what's happening, and, yeah. you know, in the action points. I mean, we're mostly here to talk about the uh, the deeper points yeah. of it. You know, we'll the, comment on the cool stuff, but... Yeah, the only battle that we're going to really get into is the second-to-last one. Yes. Well, a little that one and the last one, kind of. Yeah. Um... But yeah, like the this the more significant ones. But if it's just a bunch of shooting and explosions and clones dying, yeah, we're probably not going to have a lot to say about that. Especially but. like hard case, <laughs> just being like, and then hard case hit this guy, and then he hit this guy. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of hard case shooting people. So, yeah. but I, um, can we take a moment to identify with hard case for a minute? Sure, you can. Our lovely, lovely new clone baby. He's basically hard heavy. Case. Basically heavy. He's heavy, but a little Part quirkier. Two. Yeah, he's heavy, but quirkier. Yeah. While watching this one, I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> right. My clone tank had a, uh, a leak in it, too. Yeah. <laughs> My um, did. Yeah, he, he's, uh, he's hyperactive. Which, you know, it's yeah. interesting to think about how they get the personalities they get. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, he's hyperactive. He's, throughout everything, he's just glad to shoot people. Like, oh, yeah. Or, well, yeah, shoot people. Um... Not really a whole lot of droids in this episode, but, uh, yeah, he's a fun one. I really enjoy him, but basically, mm -hmm. yeah, he's heavy, likes to shoot things, and ends in a, a big bang, so. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we don't know how long this episode's gonna be. We don't know how long future episodes are gonna be, but just know if they're getting longer, we're sorry, I guess. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I'm hopefully you enjoy hearing our voice, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this, so hopefully a little bit more to talk about isn't a big deal for you, but... Anyway, uh, yes, so we are talking about, we kind of talked, we've talked a little bit about it without even mentioning exactly what we're talking about, but yes, that's what titles are for. So hopefully you already know, but if you don't know, we're talking about the Umbara arc of episodes, and so this was a big one, this was one I was excited for you to see, because I knew it would be significant for you, um, and mm -hmm. also it's one of my favorites, because it's one of the darker points that really feel much more like war. You don't say. Um, you know, all the others feel like clone battle. Yeah. This is clone war. This is this is significant stuff, and this is much more reminiscent of war movies and um, kind of the uh, almost hopeless and impossible situations you would see 
depicted in like Vietnam War or stuff like that. Like yeah. you know, ones where it's just it's just nasty and bad. And that's what these episodes kind of are. And all and, and that's not even the big thing. The big thing is the moral dilemmas going on all under a lot of death and yeah. explosions and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So it's a crazy set of episodes, but um, we'll go ahead and dive into that. And we're starting with Season 4, Episode 7, Darkness on Umbara. Mm -hmm. And so the moral of this one is the first step towards loyalty is trust. And that's very true. That's very accurate. If you build trust, people will stick around for you. Yes. Uh, if you break trust, people are more than likely just going to let you do your thing and all that stuff. So yeah. um, trust is important. Yeah, and this episode... The title, Darkness, is very literal. Yeah, it's a it's a very dark planet. Yeah, it's um, incredibly dark. You know, that's where the Umbarans get their kind of pale skin a little bit from. Am I from Umbara? <laughs> no. Um, you're much too pretty to be from Umbara. But, hey, uh, the They definitely, yeah, they're, they're very pale, um, but they also, ha it creates a, it's kind of like the whole, oh, we're on the seafloor, it's kind of dark, let's put in extra light with certain aspects. Let's create yeah. some luminescent parts that kind of blend together. Um, and so here there's a lot of lights and a lot of color that they use to bring out um, the the main focus. I mean, it's basically night all the time. Yeah. But they use a lot of colors and pop, especially for the Umbarns mm -hmm. and their tech and all that stuff to um, brighten it up a little bit. Yeah, and they t they do a really good job. However, little we see the Umbarans, mm -hmm. um, literally, uh, because it's so daggum dark that we cannot <laughs> see them. Yeah, like that's yeah. one of those things where you think about like how difficult it must be to just go in guns blazing because it's like yeah. you don't know what you're gonna hit. <laughs> and they use that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That yeah. is true. Um, yeah, the Umbarans we see at least a little bit of how they maneuver about a little bit of their technology and also, you know, a very, very small piece of their culture. Yeah, like, they're they're really not meant to be expounded on. They're just here to be the bad guy in this yeah. instance. Um, and I think, you know, they really wanted to create enemies that weren't droids and but that were in ways superior to the clone troopers. That, you know, they could give them a, a, a difficult fight. And, yeah. and so... Basic, with the progression of technology over these episodes, that's basically what you see, is, like, it's just, oh, we figured this out, and then it's another thing, and, oh, we are finally able to take that out, oh, and then it's another thing, mm -hmm. you know, um, and so the Umbarns are a big challenge, um, much more so than, I mean, you have to think about how much more difficult the Clone War had been if, basically, the clones just had to fight Umbarans, mm -hmm. or fight against Umbaran tech, because they're much more difficult to deal with than the droids. Yeah. And we don't really see droids here, which was an yeah. interesting change. And a lot of the time, they kind of get away with, you know, hey, this is a kid's show. We can't really show them killing people. Mm -hmm. They get away with that a lot. Um, a lot of the time with most of the episodes. Yeah, because they're just fighting droids, really. Yeah. You know, but, uh, yeah... I mean, they, and, and they don't really show off. Like, you see on Barnes get hit and fall down, mostly. Yeah, it's like the old Batman cartoon where you have to see, like, the bad guy get up after Batman throws him into a tree or something. <laughs> right. It's just, just like, like, he's not dead, he's not dead. <laughs> you see him, like, get thrown off a building, but then it pans down and you see him, like, caught in a awning or something. Yeah, it's like, I'm not dead, I promise. Yeah, like, the. 
that's we're still G-rated. Yeah. Um, so the battle, as we have mentioned, has come to Umbara. Yes, it has. Uh, John has talked it up a lot to me, at least, and we finally get to see the events of Umbara unfold. And boy, howdy, was I angry! <laughs> I knew you would be. Yeah. Um, so the Separatists have aligned themselves with the technologically advanced Umbaran people, and it's up to Anakin and Obi Wan to lead the attack with Master Krell and Tin. Supporting them as they attempt to take the capital city and end the battle. What's the capital city of Umbara, John? Hmm. It's not named? Uh, if it is, I don't know it. Ah. Aha. Uh-huh. It's always been addressed as the capital city. Hmm. Weird. Hmm. Um, Definitely. but, yeah, so, uh, it's a big deal because, I mean, it's not, now we only really see Anakin. We hear from Obi-Wan a little bit. Uh, obviously, eventually we see more of Krell. We don't really see Sissy Tin. Uh, we do get a glimpse of Barisafi and Ahsoka um, fighting in the air battle. But So uh, even though we don't see all corners of it, yeah. we do get a glimpse like, okay, this is a lot of Jedi. Usually they just send Anakin and or, you know, they just send Anakin and Ahsoka. Yeah. But this is a full task force. And I mean, and Anakin's leading the entire... Fight. Well, not maybe the entire, but he's he's not leading just a squad. He's leading a large chunk of his battalion of troops yeah. uh, in this battle. So it really gives you a glimpse that this is a big deal. Um, and we mentioned it on the last episode, but of course, you know, not to be outdone by Wolf, Rex gets an update to his armor, uh, which gets nice and shown off here, which I love his armor, um, being that it's a mix of the Phase 2 and Phase 1 armor. Mm-hmm. And I see that as an interesting look at how he is progressing with the other clones, but he's clearly not in the same category as them. He's still, you know, like, it's more, it's a, I don't even know if it's intentional, but I've always seen it as this interesting metaphor of Rex didn't go where the other clones went. You know, he didn't go as far as becoming Imperial clone. You know, he doesn't go to Order 66. So it's this interesting thing where it's like, yeah, I'm keeping up, but I've still got my old school elements. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's 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 an interesting combo for sure. I yeah. love I love his armor design though. Yeah, and knowing that Rex makes it to the Battle of Endor, supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah, they. It makes me happy. Yeah, there's a lot of. I, I mean, I don't know. Some people were apparently upset about that, and 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 the thing is, even the it's what like we talked about in our Queen Shadow episode. Um, check our YouTube channel for that, um, how E.K. Johnson was like, yeah, I have my ideas, but I'm going to hold it back. That's yeah. one of those things where it's like, Dave Filoni said it, and so people are using that. Like, that's exactly what people say. Like, Dave Filoni said it, and it's like, yeah, but yeah. until it's, like, explicitly canon, like, you can't really... Yeah. You know, you have, you have to have someone say, Rex was there. Not, oh, he wore armor similar to... Uh, like, no, no. Someone has to explicitly say he was there, and it has to be in some sort of book or in some sort of medium, like comic or mm-hmm. show or movie. I don't care, but mm-hmm. it can't just be that it's in like a reference book or something, because reference books can be con- contradicted. It has to be I mean, in serious media. They're constantly being updated. Well, and that's the thing, is they come up with information that's relevant at that time, mm-hmm. like the whole thing of... And that's why people were upset with the whole... You know, I thought that Han used the dice to win the Falcon. He may have. 
He may not have. We don't know because we didn't see the whole game. But just because that was in one book back in 2015 doesn't mean that it's still explicitly accurate. So it's just, it's one of those things to be careful of. But now, I I love the idea of it being Rex. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, But, yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah, maybe like the dice were his dad's lucky dice or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something sentimental to him. That's that's enough. Like, it doesn't have to be super you know, detailed in its meaning, uh, that's nice, but at the end of the day, it's special to Han, and that's what makes it special to the story. Yeah. You know, The um, dice is special because it's special to Han. But yes, to know, regardless of whether or not he's on Endor, Rex does go on. Yes. Um, which is, it is an encouragement, which, you know, that you, you, when he comes back in Rebels, it feels right because he, he he doesn't feel like he sh- should have gone down in a blaze of glory in the clone war he doesn't feel like yeah. you know he feels like he should be where he is when he comes in in rebels and so it's one of those things that it just it works yeah. really well so but anyway yeah we love rex yes um rex is uh, my boy um so as we said earlier there's a lot of shooty shooty and uh big booms <laughs> yes. in this episode um so there's not a lot of room for commentary since it's mostly just, it mostly just pumps up these episodes to be the biggest and toughest battles that we've seen. Yes. Yeah, yet. like, it's, it's, kind of on the same grounds as like when they did the second battle of Geonosis, because on that one they really made it like, you know, in episode two it kind of seemed a little easy to just fly in, drop off some troops, shoot some ships, and move on. Uh, you know, and when the Clone Wars came to the point where it's like oh we're going back to geonosis they really pumped up like everybody's ship got shut down and like a lot of people you know it was there was a lot more stake yeah uh and then this one takes that and dials it up even more of like there's a lot going on yeah um yeah there and there so as soon as the troops land it gets very explosive as per usual in the Clone Wars, uh, they make their way over to a ridge for their staging area. Uh, yeah, and so they actually run into a little cool alien plant thing. I guess it's like, I don't know. It's, I... <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Umbar and Sarlacc kind of, uh, yeah. but it's called a Vixus. Uh, and so Tup and Hardcase get attacked by it, but uh, they're able to work them way, work themselves out. But yeah, it's just it's kind of like a... Sarlacc, almost? Almost. Like, Interesting. It's definitely organic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's just, is it, I couldn't, again, it's dark, so, like, I don't know if it's plant, like, if it's meant to be kind of like a Venus flytrap, almost, or yeah. if it is definitely, like, some living, you know, creature. Yeah. It looks like Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors, if that makes sense to anyone well, again, other than that's, you. That, again, that's the, why I say it's kind of plantish, yeah. but I don't know. But that, it's called a Vixus. There you yeah. go. Um, also, I just want to appreciate the fact that his name is Tup. Yeah. As in Tupperware. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Just not like, really sure. It's a cute name. Our, one of our dogs is going to be named Tup. You say, I, we're going to have like 50 dogs based on all the names that you say we're going to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <And>? <laughs> um, so once they take the ridge, they get to take a breather and prepare for the next phase of battle when suddenly they are attacked from behind with a sneaky Umbaran robo-spider thing. It's called a silverfish for some reason. What? 
Yeah, it's more of a spider, but it, it's called a silverfish. It doesn't look like a silverfish, nor does it look like a regular fish. It looks like the spider thingy from Matrix. <laughs> it does. It really does. Um, yeah, much like you find a spider in the house, the only proper response is to carpet bomb the place. And that's how Anakin handles the incident as well. Exactly. That's, that's how you do. Um, what's cool is the one leading the bomb run is Oddball, and they make specific mention of that, which is pretty cool, because he's actually the clone that leads the squad of ARC-170s with Anakin and Obi-Wan in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. So, when they start making their run, and, um, you know, the clone ships come in, yeah, the only one that we see the face of, uh, communicating, the one that says, they're all over me, you know, that's, yeah. that's Oddball. Yeah. So it's pretty cool when there's those connections of, like, hey, he's a real veteran, he's been around, you know, quite a while, so. Mm -hmm. Here they have him piloting in a, a Y-Wing for some reason, but yeah. there you go. I don't know whose name I identify with more, Oddball or Hardcase. <laughs> Why not both? Why not both? Um, Odd Hardcase Ball. <laughs> Odd Hardcase Ball. There you go. Like a lacrosse ball. Uh, so after that is settled, Anakin is notified by General Krell... <laughs> <laughs> that the Chancellor has requested he return immediately, and that Commander the 501st will be transferred to him. Yeah, so, um, the cool thing of Krell is his species. He's a Besalic, which, um, is, uh, Dex's, Dexter's species from Episode mm -hmm. 2, which is pretty cool, because Dexter's much chubbier, chunkier. Yeah. Um, Krell is definitely lean. He is beefy. Krell doesn't um, even have a mustache. Uh, he has some kind of hair, I believe. I think he has some facial hair. Um, but yeah, he's he's probably much more in shape than we've seen. Mm -hmm. And he definitely looks kind of like a mountain of a, of a, like, you've got to think in different circumstances how much, like, we'd be saying, oh my gosh, this dude's so cool. Yeah. You know, but of course, unfortun unfortunately, I'm, that's it, not the direction they take his character. <laughs> I immediately hated this fella. Yeah, he's something else, but but the important thing, the important question, Megan, is what the heck did Palpatine want? He <laughs> what was so important? Okay, as a one of many children um, for my family, he couldn't reach the remote. <laughs> Clearly. That's the only reason people have children sometimes, is because you cannot reach the remote from the other <laughs> side of the couch. Yeah, get the kids to do Get the little creatures to do it. Yes. But, but it's, it's like, what in the world would be important enough to be like, hey, they're in the middle of a big, big, big battle, but can I have Anakin come back? And the council approves it. Yeah. Like, I, I, get the, I get they wanted to pull Anakin out to put Krell in. Mm-hmm. But... Come up with a better reason. Go get Anakin. It's he can't make sandwiches. <laughs> he can make sandwiches better than anyone else. <laughs> like, come give, give us a good reason at least. Yeah. But other than oh, the uh, the Chancellor needs him. Okay, yeah. whatever. Grail, go get Anakin. I need a date to the opera. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, basically that's it. Um, so it's very clear what kind of leader Krell is, even after. Pretty much immediately. Yeah. Uh, after 12 hours of hiking, Rex requests to set up camp and is chewed out by Krell for needing rest when they are being depended on. Yeah. Ugh. Basically saying, like, you know, there's there's no time for that. How dare you need rest? What yeah. the heck? And this whole time, he is not referring to Rex as Rex. He's yeah, he, referring to him as his clone he re number. Yeah, he either refers to them by rank, so captain, 
um, or trooper or something like that, or by their serial number, yes. I hate that. I mean, he makes pretty clear that he thinks they're lesser than just yeah. because they're clones. You know, he's constantly making comments like for a clone, Ugh. you know, for a clone. Um, so I hate that stuff. It it's really um, now. If it had just been that, let's say the rest of Krell's story doesn't pan out the way it pans out. Mm -hmm. If it had just been that he just views them as less than human because they're clone, mm -hmm. would your opinion of him be any different? Or, you know, I mean, is it just because of that? Or is it because of where where else he takes his uh, opinions? I just think he's a jerk for his <laughs> treatment of the clones at first. Um, that's immediately why I hated him. Mm-hmm. Was his treatment? Yeah, of he really didn't Rex. even do anything when you were like, "I don't like this guy." Yeah, he, <laughs> you were quick. Yeah, the moment he referred to Rex as his serial number, I was just like, "No." Yeah, I think it's sixty-five, sixty-seven. I can't remember, but yeah. um, it was yeah. a pleasing number. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get you. I mean, I, I I I hate to say, but I feel like he may not have been the only Jedi to feel that way. Of course not. Not as far as he took it, but definitely in the regard of. They're just troopers. They're just born and bred to fight. You know, they're because you've got to think how Jedi must feel because they feel every living thing has a connection to the Force. But what is what do the Jedi believe about clones? I don't think that they're li they believe them to be living things because they were created in a lab. It's really interesting because we've never we've never explored that element. I mean, because yeah. it's always been like they've had to use them out of necessity, mm -hmm. and if they create a relationship, they create a relationship. But if not, then it's just kind of you know. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's something interesting I hadn't quite thought about before. Yeah, and I think you can really tell, you know, the Jedi have been, you know, that have been in it from birth, and the ones, or the one, Anakin, who, he grew up around droids. He grew up, you know, he built C-3PO. He, you know, he grew up with Watto, and maybe even his mom talking to droids like they were humans. Mm-hmm. Like, yelling at them and stuff like that. Hmm. So, I kind of understand why he... So, so yeah. he hadn't grown up with the privilege of droids as servants, but yes. more as company. Yeah, as company. Because hmm. probably they were the only friends that he had. True. Yeah, other than, you know, Greedo and... Well, he, didn't, he was yeah. not friends with Greedo. No, he was but, not But, uh, Kickster. <laughs> Kids. Yes. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but... Yeah. Um, it explains a lot. I mean, when you think I, he about was it like he's, that. he was nine. He's had nine. Well, he's had seven years really of life to form himself um, from his surroundings more so than any others. Where as soon as they're cognizant, mm -hmm. they're being trained, kind of, you know. Yeah. So, um, and okay. I think that's where a lot yeah. of his his ideals come from. Yeah, and you can really tell, like even in our generation, how how many people grew up watching Toy Story. By how well... <laughs> oh, how nice they are to their stuff. Yeah, yeah. how well they treat an animal. They're objects. always watching. They're always watching. Dude, that messed me up. <laughs> I was always, like... I was very careful about which uh, toys I took with me on trips and stuff like that. And how I treated them. Mm -hmm. Because of Toy Story. Um, back on track. When they finally do arrive and prepare to attack uh, the capital city, Krell changes the plan. Instead of a series of small, precise attacks... He has the troops march straight up to the main road and attack the city. Yeah, literally walking up the road. Yeah. 
This creates a huge dispute as Tup and Fives disagree, but Dogma defends the general, all while Rex is just trying to be a good soldier and follow orders. We got some great clone names in this episode. Yeah, so Tup and Dogma are new, but Jesse Hardcase and Kix all return. And so we've got our primary squad, um, but... Oh, and of course, Fives returns, but he's... He's an arc trooper. He, yeah, it's it's foggy. He works with the five of first frequently, but I don't believe he is considered a part of the five of first. I think the arc troopers are separate from that. Mm-hmm. Which again, much like the Citadel thing, could could we have used a little bit, a few more arc troopers? I think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love fives. I love just seeing fives. Oh, but yeah. it's one of those things where it's like seeing him by himself. It's one of those things where it's like, how did how did you get approved? to just run off and play with your friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you'd expect to see a few more arc troopers, but whatever. I just, I like arc troopers. I'm jealous. <laughs> um, well, the plan goes just about as horribly as you would expect. Yeah. Um, there's many losses, and right after, or end after Rex orders a retreat, he is chewed out once again. Jerk. And Fives gets it even worse when Krell ignites his lightsaber when the clone speaks up. If you touch Fives... <laughs> well, again, it's, that, it's going you. back to that. You're not a person. You don't have a voice. You're a soldier. You're, no, you're, you're a fleshy droid. And you don't talk back to me. That's bad programming. And I'll shut you down. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, that's the attitude he has of it. Is, it's like... Um, you know I can reboot you. Like, I can I can shut you down. Like, don't... Mm-hmm. Which, it Jack shows how he feels about life if he's willing to threaten yeah. them. Just for, just for being like, um, your plan was stupid. <laughs> yeah. You know, but... And that that's really... That's the case with a lot of Jedi. Is, you know, as much as they pretend to value life, mm-hmm. it's only the life that matters to them. Mm-hmm. It's only, it's selective. In some cases, I'll say, yeah. Yeah. Unless it's an enemy or a clone. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll say in some cases. In some cases, yes. So Rex sets things straight and says that they followed orders as best they could, but he has a responsibility to protect and consider the lives of all of his men. And Krell sort of compliments Rex for his leadership, considering he's a clone, but says that the plan still stands. And, of course, the episode ends with clones continuing to hold their ground under the general's orders. Yeah, so, I mean, his compliment is just basically like, they're loyal to you, I'll give you that, Mm -hmm. kind of thing, where it's just like, you know, um, for a clone, he's got good leadership. Yeah. He's got respectable leadership. So it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, you're you're exceeding what I'd expect a normal clone to be able to do, kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. But yeah, rough start. Yeah, <laughs> it only gets it. It's only it up gets from worse. here. <laughs> it gets so much worse. Well, without further ado, we'll get into that. Uh, got a brief banking clan uh, interruption, but we'll be back with a couple more episodes in a minute. And we're back, yep, and we'll we are here with season four, episode eight. I don't remember the title. Uh, because I did not put it in for some reason. No, you did not. Interesting. How dare you? Uh, well, that's my bad, but uh, nonetheless, the moral of this ambiguous episode is the path of ignorance is guided by fear. And that speaks a lot to a lot of the situations people get in with other people. It's just, mm-hmm. it's the fear of the unknown that leads us to be stupid sometimes, and 
bigoted and hateful people. Well. It's just, we're like, oh, it's different. You know, heaven forbid. Um, you, you know what they say. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. And suffering is the path of the dark side. Sure. That, they do say that. <laughs> One says that. <laughs> In reality, fear can be a great motivator. Yeah, if I mean, correct. Any, that's the thing, is anything can be good or bad. Greed can be good or bad, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, there, There's two sides to everything. That's the difficult part that we always have to um, search out, is which side am I on mm -hmm. um, uh, when it comes to that stuff. So, but yeah. Yeah. Um, more shooting! Yeah. More shooting. Uh, the capital city of Ambara is held tight and fully stocked with weapons that make taking the city difficult. Obi-Wan redirects Krell and the 501st to a nearby airbase that is helping supply the city. Um, so in this one, in the last one we really, like you kind of mentioned, we just see them kind of shooting towards figures. We see a couple glimpses of the Umbarns, but here I think is where we get to see a lot more of them. Mm -hmm. um, and we basically get to see that they all use enclosed suits, which is interesting. Um, but what they use the suits for is it pumps this weird gas. It's almost like a drug that keeps them hyped up and hyper-focused uh, so that they can be better soldiers. Space Adderall. <laughs> um, and speed. the the look overall, though, comes from um, classic suited soldiers from, like, Dune and Robotech and such. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in case you were wondering what that stuff is, it's, uh, it's drugs. Have you heard that they're remaking Dune? Yes, I heard about that. Yeah. If it's not Kyle MacLachlan, I don't want it. I doubt it will be. I mean... He's old. Uh, but, uh, what do you, what do you think of the Umbarns and their tech? I mean, we haven't talked about a lot yeah. of tech, but you know their tech. Like, what, what did you think of, of the Umbarns overall? I think their tech is really cool. I like how it's inspired by, you know animals and insects and stuff like that yeah it definitely seems to be from like the centipede and and such yeah. um I'm and not... the kind of crab cannony thing or... <laughs> crab cannon <laughs> <laughs> or, or some four-legged insectoid thing with a cannon yeah. <laughs> um yeah it doesn't surprise me that uh palpatine's aide has a son with three eyes <laughs> yeah they're they're well, and that's I think where where the ideas come from is it's like, you know, it's been kind of played with of they mess with tech, yeah, a lot and um, so yeah, it's interesting how high tech their weapons are and mm, how much the republic probably should have been regulating that, like checking on that and probably you know like yeah. I mean they've got a pretty legit army set up here and. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, cool, when you're on our side, but when you're fighting against us, all of a sudden it's a bigger problem. Oh, totally. Now the Separatists are going to use that. Great. I love right. it. Um, so, yeah, they get to show off some more of their tech as Rex leads a battalion to take the airbase while Craig and Sergeant Oppo, uh, or a a Oppo, that's correct, and the rest of the men watch from afar. And Rex and the boys are having a tough time with the Umbaran crawler tanks. General Craig. General Craig. <laughs> uh, Sergeant Apo, yes. Yes. Um, and that's a big deal for me, because I love the 501st. I've always yeah. loved the 501st. Um, and 
a lot of their stories. They're some of my um, favorites from comics and books. Those are some of the ones that I remember most reading and enjoying. Um, and one cool thing is Sergeant Apo here is Commander Apo um, that some would be more familiar with. Um, he led the uh, attack on the Jedi Temple with Anakin, hmm. um, and he went on to serve Vader very, very loyally. And Vader, you know, I wouldn't say got emotional, but he had a big response when Apo died in battle when hunting Jedi. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, Apo was, you know, right-hand man of Vader's fist in Legends and wow. such. And so, and we see that here a little bit in how close he gets, well, I don't, how close he sticks to General Krell. I, I know not all of that's him, some of that's General Krell keeping him close, but he doesn't seem to mind being close to the general. Yeah. We see a couple glimpses where he's like, you know, do you want us to help? or like, But for the most part, he seems to be content just following orders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I love Apo. He's a really cool dude. Um, you can't really tell the difference um, in the in Revenge of the Sith and such because his armor is just like every other 501st. Mm -hmm. um, but he's the one that tells um, Bale, you know, it's time for you to leave, sir. Yeah. Um, but here he's much more identifiable because he has a little arrow on his helmet, which is a reference to Avatar The Last Airbender's uh, flying bison. Appa. Appa, which, you know, Appa, Apo. Yeah. It's spelled pretty much the same except an A is turned to an O. But yeah, it's a cute little reference. I'd always wondered when I first watched, like, why did they do that? That doesn't look good. But Appa's awesome. Now it's, it's, it's cute, but I'm glad, I'm glad it wasn't a permanent thing. I'm glad he finally just was like, yeah, I'm going to paint over that. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't there, like, a weird thing about his name where you got into an argument with someone? No, it wasn't, um, it wasn't Apo, it was, uh, Fordo. Ah, gotcha. Um, because some people refer to him as Ordo, um, and it depends on what angle you come from, but most Legends re material refers to him as, um, Commander Fordo. Okay, gotcha. And that's the leader of the art troopers in... Uh, l most legend stories and in um, the two thousand three series. Yeah. Um, we yeah. we saw a very tall Fordo cosplayer. Yeah, it was it was yeah it was um, it was him that was that was just like yeah agree to disagree yeah. whatever. Um. So they wait a minute. Hang on. Yes, they are criticized by Krell for the holdup, but thanks to rocket launchers and grenades. The troops are able to squish the crawlers, but as Jar Jar says, or as uh, Qui Gon says, there's always a bigger fish, uh, or in this case, a bigger, more impenetrable tank. Yeah, they go from centipedes to crawly things. I don't. I don't <laughs> the, the 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 tank things reminded me of um, yeah. the scarab from Halo. Um, I know you don't really have much of a point of reference, but it's basically a four-legged platform with a giant cannon on top. Gotcha. And that's basically what this looks like. It's slightly insectoid, but it also just looks like a giant crawly tank thing. Ah. Um, and so there you go. That's what they're. That's that's my definition. Crawly, crawly tank thing. Crawly tank boy. I yeah. gotcha. Uh, yeah. So the juggernauts aren't bothered by rockets, but Krell, of course, does not care. He wants results, and while Apo is eager to help the others, Krell orders that they wait. Yeah, that's why I say, like, he, Apo stays by his side, and even though he's like, do you want us to go help, you know, he seems, he doesn't seem as bothered when he's like, no, they got it, 
Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, App, Apple's always been very bad, uh, you know, very obedient, very uh, follow, you know, kind of like Cody. Yeah. Um, equivalent to that where it's just like, yeah, if, if the general says so mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, Which, it's, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can lead you into some questionable places like this, where it's like, are you okay yeah. with letting them all die when you've got a full battalion ready to respond? Like, Yes. You know, yes, shouldn't you yes. speak up? You sh- Shouldn't you say, like, uh, let's just send a couple walkers down there or something? Mm-hmm. And it was at this point that I started getting suspicious. <laughs> yeah. You started to think something was in the soup. Something's in this soup. There's no clothes. <laughs> Um, so with no help, Rex comes whoop, comes whoop, comes up with a plan. Whoop. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. He sends Fives and Hardcase to steal a few fighters and to ransack the airbase and then come take out the tanks. Uh, the plan works perfectly, even if Krell doesn't like the deviation. Because they survive. Right, it's like, you know, oh, you came up with an ingenious and effective plan that only involved two clone troopers, uh, and took out... Four tanks. I How hate dare you. you. Right, like, you <laughs> idiot. What the heck? Yeah. Um, A little thank you never hurt. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, they have the airbase and at least a brief reprieve from the battle. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things where, because, like, that was the original plan, is go small and concise attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, that's what saved the day. Not a full-on attack, but sending a couple of clones to steal a couple of ships. And and that's what ended up saving the day. So mm-hmm. should have listened to Rex. Always listen to Rex. Um so anyway, then we move on to season four, episode nine. So that was a quick one, mostly because we skipped over a lot of the explosions and shooty shooty. But uh in this episode, uh the moral is the ignorant man follows, the wise man leads. Hmm. That doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. No. You know, it just means that, you know, just just follow wise people. Well, Let's just leave yes. it at that. Let's just just follow wise people. Yes. And On under, Twitter, follow wise people. <laughs> and understand that you don't always have to be that wise person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so things are a little bit calmer for our troops now that they've gotten set up at the airbase. But things change yet again when Obi-Wan calls Krell and says that the Umbaran are still getting supplies and support. Just another reason for Krell to dig into Rex. Yeah, he instantly is like, I thought we took care of that when we took this base. And it's like, yeah. um, so did I. Yeah. You were the one that ordered us to do it, so... I did not call you to this. Right, like, calm yeah. down. Um, there's a Separatist battle station set up in orbit and heavily guarded that has to be taken in order to continue. But Obi-Wan orders Krell to hold the airbase in the meantime. So what was what 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 was the point of calling yeah. Obi Wan? Did you just want to say hi? <laughs> because if you're just gonna say you know oh just stay there, like you you didn't really have to do a full call. Oh, I'm certain that Anakin called Obi Wan and was like, "Can you check on my clones?" <laughs> I'm surprised Anakin didn't. Can you check on them, please? I'm worried. I, it would have been an interesting moment if Anakin had, you know, contacted Krell and been like, "Hey, how's it going?" and have Krell BS the whole way and just my boys. and be you know like oh Rex how's it going and Rex just have to you know sweat it and be like good uh, yes yeah. so good excellent sir it's like when you're left home alone by your mom and your mom calls and she's like hey how's it going and you have to be like I'm good right everything's fine nothing's on fire I promise my brothers totally didn't put me in the closet (laughs) and lock the door 
Um, so, yeah, hard case and fives are impatient to sit and wait and see if they can help, and suggest using the Umbaran ships to slip into the battle station and take it out. Fives even references when Anakin did the same thing as a kid. Which is cute. I love that Anakin tells stories like <laughs> right. that to his clones. Just like, hey, Fives, you want to hear a nice story? Right. You want to ha- hear about the story about when I learned spinning was a good trick? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fives, I'm a pilot, you know. You want to know how I spin my ship? Like... You want to know how I got this scar? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, tripped and fell. I think we all do, yeah. George Lucas's story was like he sl- probably did something anticlimactic and slipped and sh- fell in the shower, but, you know. Uh, I am currently pointing to my own scar. Well, that wasn't in the shower, but... No, it, I fell... That was a fire mantle. Yeah, I hit my head on the fireplace when I was three years old, and yeah. I still have a scar from it. I mean, I wouldn't say that's anticlimactic. It was, pre- it was pretty bloody. Exactly. So, yeah. Like, it probably bled a lot for Anakin, because right. it was, like, right above his arm. Yeah, who knows? Do you think he walked up to Obi-Wan, like, <laughs> It all happened so fast. <laughs> There's so much blood. Um, so, yeah, Rex pitches the plan, but Krell says that the ships are too dangerous and the clones are just too stupid. He doesn't say that if he insinuates it heavily, though. Sure. <laughs> Basically, uh, like, that's what makes them dangerous is you you don't know how to handle them. Yeah, and to prove him wrong, Fives and Hardcase practice their flying with not great results, which just has put Krell... Which has Krell put the ships on lockdown. Yeah, it's it's a nice little um, it's a nice little scene. They make a reference to Han's line in New Hope, where it's like, "Yeah, we're all fine here. It's all fine. How are you?" Kind of, you yeah. know, the whole like, "Nothing's happening. No, it's fine. Perfectly fine." Um, what do you think of the conflicts that Rex is dealing with? Is he wrong for following orders? Are the others wrong to question them? What? How would you kind of wrap up the the moral toughness of, of what's going on here for some of the characters? I understand why he has you know the proclivity to follow orders because mm-hmm. you know he's programmed to. For Pete's sake, they're all programmed to. Well, and that's something Fives questions him about. Is it's like is is that your code or is that your programming? Mm-hmm. You know, is that what they told you or? Is that what you really believe? Mm-hmm. Which is, it? you have to think how emotionally heavy that is to deal with. Like, okay, is it wrong for me to question because that's not my programming? And is it wrong for me to just go with my programming if I feel it's wrong? Like, yeah. you know, there's probably, on top of the battle that's going on, there's probably just a lot going on with Rex mentally oh, yeah. to deal with this stuff. Because we got to think, he's Anakin's. Clone commander. Right. He's basically encouraged to think for himself mm-hmm. and to, you know, be the leader that Anakin knows he can be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely some, you know, he's under a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. He could use some self care. <laughs> yeah, he could use a visit to the spa. Yeah, I just imagine, like, Rex, his self care is, like, with bleach in his hair. <laughs> And like yeah, I gotta maybe keep that even fresh. Like bleach on his mustache, uh-huh. like some women do. Uh-huh. Just like some cucumbers over his eyes <laughs> in a tub full of hot water. He needs a vacation. He needs so many vacations. Take that man to Disney. He deals with Anakin. <laughs> he yeah. deals with Anakin and Obi Wan. Exactly. Like, Jaboy needs he needs a nap. Yeah. Yeah. So Fives, Jesse, and Hardcase are determined 
throughout all of this mess, and, uh, they just set out to steal the ships and, uh, complete the mission, whatever the consequences might be. And Rex allows them to go, but says that he can't help them when they are caught. Uh, but he does help them, however, when the ships are found missing, and tells Krell that he ordered them to be used for recon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, the cool thing is when they're flying up to the battle station in orbit, you know, we see the full, the, the scale of battle that's going on there as well. Um, and we see a couple of new ships. We keep, see a couple of the Z-95 headhunters. Mm. Um, they're kind of like T-fighters. That's what they look like, basically. Yeah. Um, and they were first created back in 1979 um, as kind of a precursor or kind of cousin to the X-Wing. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, this, they kind of pulled in that inspiration here for uh, the headhunters that show up, um, which is interesting. It's nice to have some variation here and there. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, they're replaced by the ARC-170s, which we also see yeah. um, there as well. It's one of those things, like, not every ship has to be an X-Wing. Not every Jedi has to be Anakin or Ahsoka <laughs> or an Obi-Wan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, having some variation creates... Uh, it, it's just, it's nice, visually. Um, yeah. And it's also cool to find some other favorites, you know, just because one works doesn't mean it has to be the only thing in the fleet. I mean, you look at the Air Force, I mean, they have multiple um, ranges of, of class of fighters and uh, jets and all the kinds of things, so yeah. having a few different starfighters makes sense. What's your favorite Republic ship, John? Uh, ooh, um, not to be, like... It's it's cheap because my Clone Wars Republic and my um, Rebel is the same. It's the Y-Wing, but to be different, I'll probably say the ARC-170. Um, it's just, it's a beefy ship. It's really cool because it has three pilots. Beefy. And it's got really heavy cannons, but it's also got a rear cannon. It's like, a, a big deal about it is it's too big, chunky, and needy to be in full production all the time. That's why I feel like they moved from those on to a new um, classifier. Yeah. But if they could have upkept financially a fleet of those, I feel like uh, Space Battle would have been a breeze because, I mean, they've got everything from armor to forward and back coverage uh, with blasters. I mean, they, they, were, they were a good everyman's fighter. For sure. So I and I, I just the, the look is very interesting. It reminds me a lot of the A ten Warthogs. So yeah. Uh, so the trio make their way to the battle in the upper atmosphere and slip by fairly unnoticed. Yeah. Uh, once inside the station, they are spotted though, and the droids ray shield the core, which is smart for droids. Right. You have to feel like they did that for Anakin too. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm. uh, hard case was promised an explosion, so much like his other heavily armed brother Heavy, he sacrificed himself to blow the core while Fives and Jesse escape. Yeah. Poor baby. I don't know what it is about dudes with heavy guns that are just fine with blowing themselves up constantly. We don't have to aim. (laughs) Like, that's... Well, I mean, it's not that. It's the whole deal with, like, they love blowing themselves up. Yeah. That's the biggest thing about why I usually play, like, tank or heavy class. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have to aim, because I got the big gun. <laughs> so it's still recommended to aim, but but I see well, what you mean. Yeah. I don't have to snipe. Um, so as soon as Jesse and Fives return, they are taken to Krell, who figured out their plan and congratulations, congratulates them with imprisonment. 
imprisonment. Jeez. Jeez Louise. Juicy crust. I can't <laughs> say the word today. Uh, they are court-martialed and are said, hey, you guys are getting executed. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. All, all the consequences, basically. But, now, so here's the thing. Um, Can he do that? It, I mean, we don't know, no. like, code or anything like that. Um, it's difficult because in a lot of military situations, in this kind of instance, when you're on the field and there's not, there's no meeting rooms, there's no command, there's nothing, you're there and you're there to get it done, and you don't see command until it's done kind of things, mm -hmm. where a lot of leadership has a lot more power because, again, they are the power. So... Theoretically, yes, he could. And theoretically, he has whatever... He has a case for it. Um, they were disobedient. And he can't exactly haul prisoners, you know. you know, Like, it, they can't exactly take prisoners with them in such a battle scenario. Mm -hmm. So uh, the reasonable means of punishment in that instance would be uh, death. But yeah, it's... It is interesting, um, you know, because you know how Anakin would have... An Anakin, first of all, would have been the one leading that mission. Yeah. Second of all, would have been one to congratulate them for it. Like, yeah. wow, again, you thought out the box, you got it done, um, you know, let's go to the next yeah. thing. He and probably would have come up with the plan himself. Exactly. But he, but Krell's like, no, you disobeyed me. You and disobeyed that's me. it. I don't care how many people you saved. I don't care what kind of heroes you are. I care that you disobeyed me. Uh, and that's what he latches onto, and that's that's where that goes. But uh, it's it's about to it's about to go down. It's about to go way down, y'all. So we're gonna take a break for another baking clan. Uh, a insert. baking clan, huh? A baking clan. I said banking clan. Thank you. What very are they much. gonna bake? Get your mind off cookies. Um, but yeah, we're gonna go take a little break and be back with the show in just a second. And we're to the finale here with season four, episode ten. And the moral of this episode is: our actions define our legacy. Mm -hmm. And and that's something to keep in mind whenever you're doing anything. Yeah. You never know who's going to remember you. History uh, and has how they its remember eyes on you. you. Yep. So uh, and that's a big deal with this is is Krell is in hopes that somebody's watching all this and paying attention. So, but <laughs> yeah. um, before we get to all that, there's a whole lot to get through. So. Yeah, as if this guy wasn't already a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the finale dials things up to an eleven. Um, and it moves pretty quickly, and it's just, oh boy, <laughs> this one killed yeah. me. Yeah. Like, even more than Mortis, this one killed me. Oh, I'm me. sure. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Mortis is heavy, but n there's not really any consequences. This one's heavy because there's consequences. There's so many consequences, <laughs> and I was so angry. I was so very angry. Um, so Krell is not satisfied, waiting for the court-martial, and in the process... He just instead orders Jesse and Fives just be executed, you know, by by their peers. Yeah, that was that's the big that was the thing. He could have done that. He could yeah. have killed them. Um, yeah, but he he, he had to have known what that was going to be, like what kind of internal battle that was going to be for them. And obviously, that's and what he, he wanted. Care. That's what he wanted. Of course. Um, yeah, he could have done it himself. No, but, but that wouldn't have broken them. Yeah. Yeah, um, thankfully, Fives with Fives, Rex, 
stand up to the orders, and the others cannot follow through with the execution. And my boys are safe for now. Um, I got a little bit spoiled on what happens to Vibes later. Oh, great. Lovely. Yeah. Sorry. That's why you're not allowed on the internet. I'm not allowed on the internet anymore. Um, by the way, Dave Filoni, I'm coming for you. <laughs> you touched my boys, and I'm gonna hurt you. Uh, so Rex goes to report back, but is interrupted with a transmission from Waxer! Yay, Waxer! Mm-hmm. Um, he says that Umbarans had stolen their weapons and armor and had ambushed them, and Krell orders Rex to back them up. And you can probably see exactly where this is going, <laughs> if you guess. Yeah. I, I was taken aback by this. I was not expecting it. Well, it was meant to be, uh, it was meant to be a big deal. And it is. Oh boy, is it. Um, Rex and the troops arrive, and a firefight quickly breaks out. It's not until Rex sees one of the enemy bodies that he sees that they are fighting clones. Uh, he removes his helmet and runs into the field to stop the fighting, but many clones had already been killed. Yes. This hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> deep inside. Um... Yeah, we saw Waxer um, briefly in the beginning. It's, and, I mean, we knew Obi-Wan's troops were there, so this was a nice way of reminding, oh, yeah, those guys are here. Yeah. Uh, and, and so he, he shows up here in this moment. Um, and he's actually the first clone, uh, or first character at all in the Clone Wars uh, to cry, to actually have an animated tear. Yeah. Uh, which is, it's interesting to think, like, yes, season four, is, and I know. am not the first Clone Wars reviewer and recapper to cry. <laughs> I'm sure not. I cried a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Waxer tells them, hey, we were, we were told by your boy about this, so apparently we were both screwed over. Um, so, after things settle, Kix finds Rex to tell them that they found the battalion leader of the 212th troops. Yeah. It's Waxer. I already kind of... Yeah. I reread the notes. Leave me alone. Um, yeah, it was Krell that gave them the info about the disguised Umbarans, which reveals the general's deception. Mm-hmm. And it's the final straw for Rex and the men who plan to take down the general. And when they arrive in the airbase tower to confront Krell, he admits the deception and attacks them with all four of his arms. Yeah, he's just tired of hiding at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, I will admit I really like his, his lightsabers. Um, yeah, they're cool. You know, they're double they're double bladed, which is cool, but they're folding, so they you know they fold up when they're um, stowed away, uh, which is just an interesting way of storing them, um, because. With Darth Maul, you've got to feel how, you've got to figure how inconvenient that is to just have a like three foot long bar just hanging from your belt, mm -hmm. um, and so it it's a nicer way to deal with that. Um, and I have to imagine if you wanted, you could fold them together and ignite them <laughs> still, and have like a light club, just have a huge saber. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to see that in a moment, but um, yeah, I've seen art art of like a like a a light mace. Yeah, there's been a few different things, yeah. but really, I mean, I like the, stuff like that. Yeah, the the main thing is it's either a saber or uh, a whip um are the only yeah. in my opinion acceptable forms <laughs> just because yeah. 
you, you start to get a little too weird with it um, when, like, I don't know, it's one of those things where it makes sense that it should create a blade or create some sort of straight or linear object, not something like as uh, crazy as like a mace or something mm -hmm. weird, you know, I, it's one of those weird, like, it's just like, how does it, how does it create that shape? Like, it makes sense for it to create a blade, yeah, just a, a line, but for it to create some fancy mace or something like that, it's, it's one of those where it's like, uh, that doesn't quite make sense to me. Yeah, I get you. Um, yeah. I imagine it's kind of like in Zelda Breath of the Wild, they have, the guardians have axes mm -hmm. like that. Like, I could accept, like, the blade of an axe, but not the overall axe shape mm -hmm. being formed by the lightsaber you know what i mean yeah i get you so kind of like with the um praetorian guards the edge of their blades um have and it's not like a lightsaber effect but it's still um some sort of laser cutter yeah um and those are cool yeah and so but instead of creating a blade shape out of laser it just gives a laser ignites on the edge mm -hmm. and i think that's a nice way to handle it if you're going to do some sort of odd shape yeah, I imagine it's kind of like, um, you remember the concept art I showed you this morning of Plo Koon? With yeah. his weird, like, lightsaber thing. That's not too far-fetched, though. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just two strapped to your wrist. Yeah. It's like a, le it's like a lightsaber version of a predator's claw. So. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gotten so off track. As we tend to. Uh, Krell teases the clones and their stupidity and their inferiority all while chopping them down. Uh, Tup and Dogma run into the Vixis again and plan to use it to their advantage, which mm -hmm. is a very smart plan. Yeah. Not well, for clones. Yeah, to figure it'd come back. Yeah. Um, uh, Tup has Rex and the others lead Krell to him, and Krell is ultimately snatched up by the Vixis. And it's enough to make Krell capturable as they take the former Jedi into custody. Yeah, safe to say he's former Jedi at that point. Yeah. Um,. While in custody, Krell reveals all in a very, you know, my evil plans, mo-ha-ha-ha -ha -ha way. Mm -hmm. um, all, he was doing all of this to impress Dooku in an attempt to be a part of the new order that will rise from the ashes of the Jedi and the Republic. Ah. Um, how he found out about this? Well, he says he's seen I a vision know. of it. Like, I mean, the thing is, if you're smart, you see where things are going. Like... Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a full-on vision. It, it's literally just, I pay attention, and I think yeah. things are going downhill, and I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah, now, he, he's doing it all the wrong way, but, yeah. I mean... And the argument can be made, well, why didn't Yoda see this? Well, because he didn't want to. Um, maybe. I mean, yeah. we don't, I mean, this is arguably the first time he's really gone this far. Like, we don't really know how involved he's been with this kind of stuff before. It seems like this is the big show. Yeah. For him, um, his his plan is to basically sabotage the Jedi taking the planet, and then go to Dooku and being like, "Yeah, I did that," uh, mm -hmm. hoping that that's like his resume. Are you proud of me, Dad? Right. I think it's safe to say that Krell did not have a very good, you know, uh, male uh, figure in his life that showed him the the way to be. I don't know. Or Maybe. just any role model. Yeah. Really, it doesn't have to be male. <laughs> You're right. But um, I mean, it's interesting to think about how he came to this. Like, yeah. Even just like a good Jedi would have been like, "Hey, 
uh, I think things are going in a wrong direction. I think we should think about this more. Yeah. Basically, like Qui Gon was trying to do, he was he was very vocal about where he thought things were going and wanted to see the Jedi Order improve. Um, but you know, in, when he gets wind of like, eh, things aren't that great. Instead, he decides to say, well, I'm going to make it even worse and then use that to my advantage. So mm-hmm. he had already had some stuff he was dealing with. Yeah, um, he he needed, like, a nap. <laughs> and, I mean, you, you bring up a good point. Like, the Jedi Order should have been able to recognize this and done something for him. Arguably, though, all they would have done is killed him or put him in prison or some other thing they do with disobedient Jedi. They yeah. wouldn't have been like, hey, let's talk about it. Like, you know, that they don't, the Jedi don't just talk about it. Um... But it yeah. shows how disconnected the leadership is from the actual individuals. Yeah. You know, where this kind of stuff can go on and the leadership doesn't know. Yeah. You know, so. And up until this point, Dogma had been following Krell's orders pretty... Which, that that's yeah. that's his name. That's you his know, name. He, he is the loyal one. Um, yeah. To a fault. Uh, he almost reported um, Fives, Jesse, and Hardcase in yeah. the last episode. And he was the only one that was willing to... Yeah, he was. Execution. Yeah, he was the one. Like, what are you guys doing? And and that's why he got thrown in prison. Was Rex was like, eh, we we need him out of the way so we can deal with this. We don't need him, you know, causing a ruckus. Um, but I mean, you you know, going back again, like, he's doing what he was told. He's doing what he was created for. Following orders. Like, you know, it it's hard to blame him completely. Yeah. Because he's also a young, he's a young recruit, too. He's he's a newer addition to the, the yeah. team and everything, so... He's a baby. Of course, he wants to be the one that, like, oh, I'm not going to be disobedient, I'm not going to be bad, I'm going to follow orders. Yeah. So... Yeah, and this hearing about all of, you know, his evil plans breaks his heart, poor baby, and he is in the cell next to Krell after he proved to be a little bit too faithful. Um, yeah, poor baby. So, Apo reports to Rex that Obi-Wan's forces have taken the capital, and they'll have to move on into the city. I wonder how they were able to do that. I hmm. wonder. wonder if they had anything to do with taking out the battle station. I wonder. Well, I mean, it goes back. Like, we can correct all the other stuff, because it's like... Before, it's like, why is he being such a bad leader? He's not a bad leader, he's just a bad dude. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. He was trying to get them killed the exactly. whole time. Exactly. Exactly. Prove a point. Like, yeah. Or just because, like, the the big thing is he said because he could. And and that's the thing, he has the power to do that. Yeah. You know, and every time they followed orders, that just further reinforced that with him. Like, yeah. I have the power, I can do this. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say at some point, like, there would be a few people who are like, well, it was just clones. Right. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing that they, t- they can't take Krell, they opt to execute him. But Rex is still too much of a sweet, soft boy. Well, he's not soft. He's a hardened. He's a hardened uh, soldier, but he has well, morals. He's presented with a similar incident as Anakin. It's the he's too dangerous to be kept alive logic. Yeah. Like, would you trust towing a Jedi, you know, uh, prisoner around? No, probably not. No. As soon as you take him out that cell, it's probably not going to end well for you. Yeah, and you got to think they had seen. Uh, separatists run away before. Right, and so, um, yeah, he's presented with that he's too dangerous to be left alive dilemma. Um, But, unlike Anakin, who knows the code and breaks it and gives in to that, Rex 
is firm in his belief that it's not the way it should be. That's not the yeah. right way to do it. However, in probably an effort to redeem himself, Dogma pulls the trigger, and I have a. I think he was just. Eyes. I think he was just angry. I think yeah. after, as much as he had stuck up for him, as much as he had been faithful, to find out that he, he was being used, and that uh, to find out the truth, I think he was just. I think he was just upset, and I think, yeah. you know, again, he's young. He ha- he hasn't been quite hardened by battle, so his first reaction was his reaction. Yeah. And his first reaction was to Murder. kill him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he gets shot in the back of the head. Not in the back of the head. No? It's through the chest. Through the chest. You're right. He was on his knees, execution style. That's what yeah. made me think. Um, also, if you hear some meows, I have a cat who wants my attention so bad <laughs> that she's trying to knock my iPad out of my hand. <laughs> she's always trying to be on the show. Yeah. Um, with Krell dead, they meet with the rest of the troops, and we see Dogma being taken away, while Fives and Rex discuss everything and what happens to the soldiers when the war ends. Yeah, I mean, you gotta think, like, this definitely had to make them ponder yeah. everything, like... Yeah. They probably started thinking, hey, how many other Jedi have this ideal? Right, and what does that mean for us? Like, when, what happens when we stop being useful? You know, um, it's 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 a difficult thing. Now, but how do you think that they explained all of this? Like, they obviously show up and they're like, yeah, General Krell's dead, Tup killed him. Or not Tup, uh, Dogma killed him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Like, how do you think... Do you think they had evidence? Do you think they just hoped that the that Obi-Wan would take their word for it? What, like, what do you think? That's probably it. Do like, you think they told the truth, though? Like, the whole story? I think so, yeah. Knowing Rex, he probably was like, okay, sit down. <laughs> Master Yoda, but, sit down. But but take it from the Jedi's side. What, what, like... I mean, clearly they believed him, but, like... Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's... What reason would they have to believe him? They're clones. He was a Jedi, like... Exactly. Feasibly, they shouldn't have been able to kill him, but they were... They did, so it's one of those things where it's... Not Order 66, but it's definitely, like, I don't know. I mean, I think if it weren't for plot armor, all, you know, conspiring clones would have been where Dogma would, you know. Yeah. And the thing is, Dogma, he's probably not going to jail. He's probably being killed. Yeah. I mean, they don't really have a jail for clones, and how do you process that? Yeah, they don't care about clones. You know, so... It it's just one of those things where it's like it's 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 like when one of those crazy movies ends with a lot of stuff that just happened and you're just like, okay, happy ending, you killed the monster, but how in the world do you explain all of this? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I feel that way when this ends every time. I'm just like, uh, did they like use the force to tell if they were telling the truth, like a lie detector or something? Like yeah. what? How did how did the Jedi just believe it? Borgullet, John. All right. Yes. Um, uh, I don't know. but Borgalit knows. <laughs> yes, he will be able to see. Um, but yeah, so that's Embarra. What, what would, overall? I hate. <laughs> that's it. I just, I, I want to, I'm glad Krell died. Yeah, I mean, there's not really an alternative there. Again, what would they have done with him? Yeah. I mean, you can't just put someone like that in regular prison. No. Like, so. and the Jedi prison is out of order. Right. 
I mean, I, I wonder if they took it over after the... I mean, they killed the leader of the Citadel. They could have feasibly taken it back over. They could have. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. I mean... Yeah. I, I mean... He's gone. Mm -hmm. All's said and done. And really, the biggest casualty, I guess, is um, definitely Waxer. Yeah. You know, uh, that's one of those familiar... Yeah. What goes goes back to the beginning, um, clone troopers. Yeah, and we got a good little view of his Numa art. Yeah, yeah, his, that's right. Um, yeah, he had that on his helmet, so you know, still remembering, and it just goes back to that. Like, well, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been able to go back to see her anyway. But yeah. if only she knew, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, I think about that sometimes. Like, if someone saw her, would they be like, "Oh, I know you." Right. Um, I doubt it. Yeah. Um, knowing where her story goes, I'm, I don't think there was a whole lot of that. Because we don't seem to see a lot of presence from them anymore. Yeah. You know. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's uh, one of the heavier arcs. A lot going on, and it, it deals with a lot of deep moral uh, dilemmas mm -hmm. there. And it creates a lot of intrigue because usually when we're we're used to seeing clones kill jedi it's in a very different scenario yeah um but yeah definitely some good episodes uh we're gonna leave it there and we will be back next week with more um next week we're gonna be visiting the cat people planet and the zygerian slavers yes i love their design i wish they were better characters <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so, yeah, that's where we're going with that. Um, our main show next week is all about celebration. It's the day before celebration starts, so we're running down what our plans are and what we're hoping for to, you know, to see and to feel and to hear and all of that great stuff. Mm -hmm. So tune in to see, uh, what all we're doing and what we're looking forward to. Um, and that's also going to be a big precursor to our daily update videos. So each day of celebration, we're going to be doing an update over on our YouTube channel to let you know what's happening with Star Wars Celebration and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so look forward to that. Um, Get ready to see our beautiful faces every day. Yeah, you're going to see that a lot more. Um, you can see that more if you head over to our YouTube channel now where there's already some great videos for you to check out, uh, including soon to be uploaded our review of Queen's Shadow and a newly updated Ten Things series. If you don't know, that's a series where we talk about our favorite things about each of the movies. Mm -hmm. uh, and we just put up our solo episode on YouTube. Um, but if you love it enough that you want to get early access to it, we put them a month in advance uh, over on our Patreon page. So right now, um, our patrons have access to an episode that no one else can get uh, on YouTube, at least for n another month. So. Mm -hmm. If you want to hear us talk about Rogue One, and if you want to support the show, then head over to our Patreon page to get access to that special bonus episode yeah. and all that good stuff. So, uh, other than that, I think that's pretty much it on the announcements. Um, nothing that we haven't already said. So, uh, just check out all that stuff: Twitter, Facebook. Let us know what you thought of these episodes, um, how Umbara made you feel, um, and whether or not we all need to go to therapy. I'm dead inside. <laughs> well, I've been your herd leader, John Wayne. I'm dead inside. And. Stay scruffy. May the force be with you.